Hello lovely and welcome to Notes from a Small Room, the podcast from Solemnico hosted by me, Alexandra Sabir. And we're going to be having a conversation they won't put on a t-shirt. First of all, I'm really sorry that I haven't done an episode in a while. Uh, It's been pretty hectic, Um, but yeah, I'm really pleased to be back doing it. Um, I won't be posting episodes as regularly. It'll probably be down to once a month now rather than once every other week. Um, That's just because I I do want to create quality content and I can't do that at the moment as regularly um, just because of various things. However, if you would like to kind of read up on self-love content and things like that, There is now a blog on the Solemnico website, www.solemnico.com. And every week I am posting a new article centred around either a social stigma or a self-love topic or just something which, if you implement it, will change your life. Um, And all of those are quick reads, they're easy to digest, Um, save them, share them print them out, do whatever you like with them. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's happened. Um, what else? Housekeeping wise. Um, oh yeah. So until August the 11th, I am currently stocked in the Deventi Boutique shop down in Bournemouth High Street, Bournemouth High Street, Pool High Street, excuse me. Um, so if you're in Pool, then definitely give that a look. Um, I'm selling physical copies of the One Step Workbook, as well as Dog Portraits, the Zodiac series, and some prints. So definitely give that a look, because um, it's a huge milestone for me in my journey with Salamnico, as well as my career as an artist and a writer. So yeah. Anyway, on with the episode. So... Sorry, I just want to get my notes up, um, because this time I actually have notes. (laughs) So, this month I wanted to talk about depression, and I know that I said that I was going to do an episode about addiction, um, but that's proving harder to create than I thought it would, just because it's a very triggering subject, um, and I'm still working out how to go about it. So... I thought that since depression for me, yes, I like this is me being very honest. Um, yes, I I have depression and I've battled with depression for years, but it's a less triggering subject for me to talk about than addiction. Um so as I said, on with the episode. So currently according to Forbes Health, approximately 5% of adults in the world have diagnosed depression. And while women are more likely to have a depressive episode in their life, it's men who are less likely to get help. So first off, you can really see the disparity between genders. Ethnicity-wise, individuals of 
two or more ethnicities um, are more likely to struggle with depression um, as opposed to individuals who are just of one ethnicity. And this is due to social stigma, cultural issues, legal issues, um, just the way the society is built, um, but also with the gender disparity. The reason why um, women are more likely to have a depressive episode in their life, that statistic is not only based on the fact that women have incredibly strong hormonal um, kind of waves, I guess you could say, you know, um, around, well, at puberty, um, girls start to menstruate, which brings on a whole load of hormones, um, as well as the kind of physical experience of bleeding out of your vulva. Um, and then, of course, you go through... Oh my god, I've just had a complete and entire mental blank. Menopause, that's one. Um, which is really weird that it's called the menopause because it's not about men. Um, but anyway. <laughs> so then, of course, women go through the menopause. And any woman who's been through the menopause will know that it's a constant roller coaster of emotions. And it's just like pregnancy where one moment you'll be laughing, the next you'll be crying, the next you'll be completely furious about something and menstruation and the menopause again menstruation why um but yeah so menstruation and menopause are the two experiences that all biological women um and women yeah just yeah, biological women, um, will experience in their life. Like not every, um, not every individual who, uh, associates as a biological female will experience giving birth or carrying a child and all of the hormones that go with that. <clears throat> like that's something that I'll never experience. Um, but I've got friends and family who have so um I can say now that it's a very emotional thing which it's bound to be I mean you're growing another human inside of you but that does mean that you are more likely to experience extreme emotions due to strong hormones whereas men stereotypically have a more kind of balanced hormonal landscape which means that unless events change that they're less likely to experience a depressive episode unless on a kind of biological dna genetic level they are programmed to have a stronger swing towards depression so sometimes generationally it's passed down um, so I think it's that um, someone who grew up with a family member or guardian who did have depression is two to three times more likely to have depression themselves. Um, and whether that's nature or nurture, um, I couldn't say. I'm not a doctor. 
But it's certainly true that some people just don't experience depression and some people do. Um, And that's not something which you can control, um, contrary to popular opinion. So that's something to consider as well. It's like all sorts of um, mental health state things. It's not something that can be controlled. It's not something which you wake up one morning and you think, you know what I'm going to get? I'm going to get that. And then you go out and you kiss someone and then the next day you're in bed. (laughs) It's not like a flu. The other reason why there is this huge disparity between people who are diagnosed with depression and people who aren't but do experience depression is also because of social stigma. And that is something which, as a society, um, we are still working towards because the mentality of if you can't see it, it's not there is still very prevalent. And again, that's also to do with the fact that humans are very visual creatures. You know, if we can't see evidence of something, it's very hard for us to believe. And that links into invisible illnesses, which I will be talking about, and there will be a blog post coming out on that really soon. Um, But with depression, there is no physical rash, there is no um, hair loss, there is no organ failure. It is a mental illness. And it isn't something which the individual can just snap out of or take medication for and they're cured. Medication is something that is a preventative, so it prevents the individual from completely being in touch with that side of themselves. But medication also leads to feeling numb, um, lower libido levels, um, and often extreme fatigue. So as a society, we are still working towards how to accept that depression is real and that it actually does affect how people perform even if you can't see physical manifestations of it and that is a huge issue a lot of the individuals who have depression you wouldn't know it the best example that I can give is Robin Williams who was, I think everyone will agree, one of the sweetest, most entertaining individuals. But he had depression and he ended up committing suicide. And that's probably one of the cruelest things about depression. It is completely invisible. And because of this, individuals who have depression Sometimes they don't believe that anyone will believe them. Usually we've been told 
or grown up with the mentality of, oh, you know, you just need to go for a walk, you're just a bit sad, you know, just do something, don't wallow, chin up, you know, that kind of stuff. When actually, if you're living with depression, that can be incredibly exhausting and incredibly detrimental to the way that you view your own relationship with depression. And through my life, I've known many people who have depression. I've known people who have different grades, if you want to call it, of depression. And none of them are better than the other to experience. They're just very different. And it shouldn't be a judged thing. Because it does affect the way the individual views themselves. And that's where I want to move from the kind of social stigma of depression into how it impacts an individual's self-love. So depression is like living without being able to feel. It's like living behind glass perspectives, like... Nothing feels real, you feel kind of numb, everyone's... It's like being at a disco and everyone else can hear the music but you can't and they're all having a great time but you can't hear the music so it's like, well, you know, I'm glad that you're having a great time but I'm having a really shitty time (laughs) because I can't... I can't connect to that experience because I'm, I'm physically not experiencing it. And living like that is not only incredibly disheartening, but it's also very exhausting. And it's especially exhausting when all you want to do is cut yourself off from the world and lay under your duvet and not talk to anyone. And sometimes this is what happens. Sometimes that's the only way that you feel you can deal with it. And that's okay. But the problem then comes that, especially as an adult, you have to earn money, you have to show up to a job that maybe doesn't understand how it feels to live with depression. Maybe you're also having to go through the kind of medical examination thing, having to persuade a doctor that actually you are feeling this. Maybe you're going through therapy, which is an exhausting experience within itself. All in all, the experience of having depression is exhausting. Not only do you have this thing where nothing feels light or easy and you'd rather that you weren't having to hang around for another 24 hours, but you're also having to either fake it until you make it or you're having to convince people that actually this is real, this is your reality And despite the fact that they can't see any hives on your skin, it's there. And whichever way you decide to cope with it, that's okay. That's entirely your choice. You have to deal with it in the best way for you. But you also have to understand that either way, it will impact how you view yourself. And that's what I really want to help you with in this episode. 
So I'm going to give you five pointers on what I believe is the best way to handle having depression and living with depression and kind of coexisting with it in a way that is as healthy as possible despite the reality. So number one is guest journal. Whether it's an old notebook, one that you get especially from a bespoke stationery store or one that you just pick up on Amazon. Get yourself a notebook, get yourself a pen and every single day before you go to bed, write down three things that went well and then write down one thing that you need to do tomorrow. And the three things that went well can just be that you managed to get out of bed and clean your teeth and eat a bowl of Rice Krispies. Or it can be that you sat outside, that you finished a piece of work that had been taking you ages complete. Or even that you started therapy or you told a friend. Get yourself a journal. Because it will change the way that you see your life. And that's kind of the first step in organically dealing with it because as much as I believe that some cases need pills I don't believe that that's a a very um, constructive way of dealing with depression long term and that's just because the fact that They are a preventative. And you're not actually dealing with it. You're just masking it. And you're manipulating your hormones. And that has side effects. But that is my own opinion. And again, I'm, you know, I'm not a health expert. Um, So, you know, do consult your doctor. My second point is to spend at least 15 minutes outside every day. So 15 minutes outside is the minimum recommended daily intake of vitamin D. And vitamin D is the best natural doctor and therapist that you will ever have in your life. And whether you are sitting on a balcony, sitting on a bench, walking, jogging, Whatever it is, just make sure that no matter how difficult it feels, you open your curtains, open your windows and make sure that you make it outside every day. (coughs) Excuse me. Number three is move your body. So moving your body no matter how basic you want to be, even if it's just stretching. Moving your body will release endorphins, which is the happy chemical. And that will create a dopamine hit, which means that you want more of it. And that is the best way to naturally give yourself high. 
because the other thing about depression is that the more depressed you are, the more likely you are to use substances to feel better. And by substances, I don't just mean alcohol and drugs. I also mean food, shopping, all of that stuff. So find yourself a natural, um, yeah, a natural dopamine hit. And the best one that I can recommend is moving your body. And you don't have to go out to do that. Dance in front of the mirror for half an hour. You know, do, do something that you feel comfortable with. Number four is don't gaslight yourself. And as hard as this one is, you've really got to try to be as nice as possible to yourself. Because there is no guarantee, unfortunately, that everyone else will be. There's no guarantee that anyone else will understand what you're going through. Or that you will have an um, empathetic support network. Obviously, there are professionals, but we all know it's the people in your personal life who have the biggest impact on you. So I would suggest working on the relationship that you have with yourself. Because if you can make sure that you believe in your own kind of story and experience, then that just makes it easier to deal with everyone else's reaction. And number five is ask for help. And it sounds really simple, but with depression, you are so likely to completely distance yourself or try to. And whether you are asking for help from your friends, from your family, from, you know, a manager or from someone more professional like a doctor or a therapist, or even a charity group. Make sure that someone knows what you are going through, because it's a really horrible thing to do alone. And even if you feel alone, at least if someone knows what you're going through, you're not. So, Those are the five things that I would recommend you implement in your life. And it's also worth bearing in mind that everyone's experience with depression is different. And everyone defines it as a different thing. So my account might not work for you. My account might not fit yours and that's okay that doesn't invalidate yours just as it doesn't invalidate mine and wherever you are in your journey with depression I really hope that you're okay I hope that you're looking after yourself and most of all I hope that you know that you're not alone because you're not and if you want to reach out to me, my DMs on Instagram are always open. My Gmail on the Slemnico website is always open. 
but do make sure that you are getting in touch with some sort of professional help as well. Because from experience, I left it way too late. Um, And while late's better than never, it's better to be proactive about this stuff earlier on because also you'll have more energy and it won't be quite so normalised for you. So that is the episode on depression. Yay! Um, That was quite a, probably a very honest one from me. Um, As anyone who knows me will know, Um, I'm a very private person. So yeah, took some, um, some looking at reality and going, okay, let's do this. Um, but yeah, I won't be doing the questions this time. Um, I hope that's okay. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for listening. It's been a really interesting episode and it was very interesting reading up on the statistics. Um, there is a huge disparity, unfortunately, um, between gender, ethnicity, culture, all of that. Um, and also bear in mind, if you're looking at statistics, that many people around the world don't get diagnosed for various reasons. So that does affect the statistics that are put out. Anyway, um, I really hope that you have a lovely rest of your day, wherever you are. Um, make sure to sign up to the Solemnico Instagram um, and check out the blog, which I'm very pleased with. Um, it's also got all the articles I've written for various magazines and blogs, um, as well as some examples and extracts from the plays that I've written over the years. So yeah, give it a whirl and make sure to look after yourself lovely. Thanks again for listening to Notes from a Small Room, the podcast from Solemnico that has the conversations they won't put on a t-shirt. Bye.